With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Year's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, basketball fans across the world, welcome to another episode of The Dream Take presented by The Dream Shake, home of all things, Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Jeremy Brenner here, and today, Michael Brown has the night off, so we have our resident, Sterling Brown, the best guy to come off the bench tonight. We have Mr. Ray Lucas with us here today. Ray, always happy to uh, celebrate a Rockets win with you, my guy. How are you today? I'm great. Um, hopefully, I can be as great as Sterling Brown. He had a big night. Um, yeah. how are you doing? That's a big compliment, though. Yeah, how are you doing? O- only for the best. But, yeah, so the Rockets, it was like, honestly, I described the Suns game as a roller coaster that you didn't want to go on again. Uh-huh. And I think tonight was another roller coaster, but it's another one that you're like, you know what, maybe maybe we can go back in line. Maybe we can. Because the outcome, 103-102, turned out the Rockets were in favor. Honestly, Ray, 
given all that happened tonight, were you surprised the Rockets came out on top, or were do you think they deserved to come out on top tonight? I think honestly, in the fourth quarter, I was starting to think that they weren't going to be able to pull it out just because they don't have that closer yet. Well, Eric Gordon stepped up and was a closer tonight, but just the way the game was going and the way momentum was leaning, I was like, this could be trouble, but way to fight. Yeah, honestly, look, a win's a win, and whoever wins the game deserves to win. I'll give them that, but man, I want to say the Pistons lost this game more than the Rockets won it. They had so many chances. They Not only did they come back being down 20, that's ultimately part of the reason why they lost too. They got into such a hole early on, and that's part of the reason you know why the Rockets have lost these last two nights earlier this week, but tonight it was like the roles were kind of flipped. You know, the Rockets got out to this big lead, Pistons came back and, you know, narrowed that lead, devoured it, and built their own lead. And then they were the ones that kind of just tossed it into the lake. They're like, oh, we're good. We're 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 not we're not feeling this win tonight. We just we just wanna um we just want the participation trophy. That's all. Uh because look, they had I want to say they missed four free throws in a row. Three, three separate guys. Jeremy Grant missed the and one. Uh then you had Two misses from Plumley, and then Blake Griffin, I think, split a pair, and he missed the first one out of. So it's four missed free throws in the la- in the last couple of minutes there, and in a one point game, that really matters. Yeah, I'm sure the Rockets went into the locker room and was very grateful with this outcome because it looked close. Like it looked like they were going to be able to pull it out, especially. At the end, I think P.J. Tucker might have got away with a little contact before the shot had even went up. It looked like he kind of pushed him out on the drive, but I won't complain about that. Yeah, we're just we're gonna we're gonna zip our lip and and walk walk to the locker room and head out to yeah. Dallas for tomorrow night. I think. Um, but let's talk. So let's kind of. I guess we can do this one or two. We can talk about the the build, then the fall, and then kind of the end. Um, I like doing that. It's, it's, you know, chronological order. Um, I'll try to throw in some of the questions that, um, were sprinkled in on our Twitter account. You be sure to go follow us on Twitter at the dream take, uh, for all things, the dream take podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at dream shake SBN. That is the Twitter account for our, uh, our main Twitter account. Um, and you can throw us questions there after games. We'll be here, um, and to answer your questions, so there, I've seen a lot of questions about Boogie tonight. So let's start there. We can we can start at a poor spot. Uh, but this question comes from at Bolton Terrier. Boogie Cousins is like a Walking Dead extra on the floor and cannot shoot. Lowest percentage in the league at the rim. Is it time to ship him out? And we talked a bit about this a little bit on the last show, but Ray, you weren't part of that. So I want to give you the floor here and your thoughts on Boogie's struggles. I mean, we talked a little bit about it before the show. Um, he got the start tonight because Christian Wood did not play, but what what did you think about Boogie tonight? Yeah, so he started good. It felt like, it felt like he was really making an impact. He was going against a really active Isaiah Stewart, who I enjoy to watch just because he's so big, but so mobile at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then throughout the game, it, he kind of just deteriorated. And I don't know if we expected Boogie to be playing 32 minutes a game this early in the season, but clearly I don't think he was expecting it either because two for 16 is pretty rough. And he had 15 rebounds and seven assists to go along with it, but 
when you miss 14 shots and you only attempted 16, that's pretty bad. Yeah. And look, is it time to ship him out? That That's part of the question here. I'm going to go with no, only because like 15 rebounds, the Rockets are one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. And you need a guy that is at least able to clean up the boards. And the Rockets did struggle a little bit on the boards tonight. They got out-rebounded 55-51 by, you know, the Pistons, who aren't a great rebounding team either. But what you had there, like, Boogie needs to be in the game for size purposes. It's not like last year's team where you could get away with that kind of stuff because at least in that you had offense that was able to um, mitigate that. But this year, you don't really have that. This team is built more defensively than offensively. And I think with, with Boogie, he's when he's on offense, he's mostly on the perimeter because the Rockets are still trying to space out the floor and they're still trying to um, give, give whoever's driving an open lane because the Rockets are still looking at those you know primary you know layups as your best shots. And they've struggled to get that because you don't have as someone like a James Harden who's as good at driving to the rim and getting those points. I mean, you have Eric Gordon who was able to, you know, do that a little bit tonight. Um, but the thing with Boogie is on offense, he he's good at passing. I thought tonight he his passing abilities, there were some that were a little suspect. He had a couple that went into uh, Detroit hands, but there were some passes tonight that I was okay with. Uh, but still, honestly, the reason why the Pistons got back into this game is because the boogie rotation was just awful. And it was mostly because of boogie. Missing shots or he was turning the ball over, led the team in five turnovers. Just not good. Yeah, it was a rough night. I think that's the positive of bringing him onto the team was how low risk the contract was. Mm-hmm. And so really you're not hurting by keeping him on the team. And seeing if he gets better throughout the season. But I think right now it's too early to think of getting rid of him because this was definitely his worst night of the season, but there also wasn't John Wall out there. and There also wasn't Christian Wood out there. So I think give it a little more time. It's not like he's hurting them um, salary cap wise. Yeah. It, yeah. That, that's, that is a benefit. Um, and I think that his leadership abilities are, you know, off the court, he, you know, this team is not a very, you know, experienced team and boogie i think if you take away pj tucker nobody has more basketball experience on this team or nba experience and eric gordon of course than demarcus cousins so i mean tucker's been in the league you know since 2006 in some capacity or professional basketball at least eric gordon 2008 and then you have demarcus cousins so he's probably the third oldest guy on the team tied with john wall so I think you need Boogie to be that, you know, veteran mentor for these young guys, but playing is going, it's just, it's so hard to play him and, and get good minutes. He has not been able to produce good minutes really, honestly, since I, I can't remember a time this season. Cause it's been so long. If he even has been able to produce good minutes. He's just not NBA ready yet because he hasn't been playing NBA basketball for two years. He's been rehabbing. So it's hard to ask a guy to go play 33 minutes. And, you know, even if he is former all-star, former, you know, all NBA guy, former, you know, all these things, all like all the things DeMarcus Cousins was before his injuries. It's hard to put all those expectations on him and say, oh, he's going to go do it again. But at this point, 
Like, I'm going to ask you, right, is there a basketball way to make DeMarcus Cousins better? Like, is there something the Rockets have not tried yet with him that will uh, better utilize his game? Or is, th- is this just a lost cause at this point? It's tough because, I mean, I keep pointing out the 16 shot attempts, but that's you're getting a lot of shots up. Um, you're getting opportunities to score and opportunities to thrive in your role, and you're just not executing. Now, if they look at him and say, all right, we're not going to use you as a scorer as much and more um, just hover around the paint and secure those rebounds, because as you were saying, they're not the best rebounding team around, that helps a lot, and I think that kind of changes the expectations from him because if he's shooting 16 shots, then the expectation is that he's going to be your leading scorer. But clearly he's just not ready to do that. And he's had a bunch of injuries and that's hard for a big man. Like I know we look at how Kevin Durant's playing right now and even John Wall who are coming off of big injuries and it's just different because they're more skill players and he's a bigger guy Mm -hmm. with a bigger body. I mean, it's not that, at least before the injury, he was he had some skill, at least for a big man. But mm-hmm. that all that skill has been totally depleted. Yeah. There's and, a lot of rust, you can tell. And speaking of that, Blake Griffin also. It, it kind of it's scary how the two of them are so similar and how the trajectory of their careers has each plummeted. Yeah. Blake Griffin looks totally washed. Doesn't even look like the same player when he was dribbling before he made that um, three to cut it down to one. I believe, like as he was dribbling, I was like, "Oh, he just doesn't look the same." Then he hit the three, and I was like, "Oh, okay, well, maybe I should relax." But definitely not the same Blake that we're used to. It's pretty sad to see. Yeah, because the thing with Blake is, Blake was best with you know when he was driving the basket. And kind of the style of the league and how it became, you know, way more of a perimeter-based league has kind of forced Blake Griffin to become that, become mm-hmm. the guy that, you know, goes and, you know, shoots on the perimeter. And that's not his strength. He's doing that simply to try to stay alive in the league. Yeah. And I feel like Boogie is also similar to that. I feel like Boogie's best when he's in the paint, posting up, you know, defending, like, and now he's turning into this guy who, you know, I'm going to shoot threes and I'm going to, you know, try to bring the ball up and I'm going to pass and all that. And, you know, it's just not his strength. And I yeah. and I hope that the Rockets can find a way to at least play him because at this point they don't have any options, really. They don't have any other options. Christian Wood's out tomorrow as well. So he's probably going to – and that also is another thing too. Like, is DeMarcus Cousins going to play tomorrow? Like, to put a guy in, out there for 33 minutes tonight – on a back-to-back, do you think it's going to be difficult? Like, do you think we'll see DeMarcus Cousins play tomorrow? Yeah, now that you mentioned that, that's actually really tough because 32 minutes is a lot for a player mm-hmm. coming off of two major injuries. I Who else do you play at this point? I mean, yeah, like when you look at the roster, I don't know who you throw in at center unless you want to go back to the small ball days for one night. It's going to yeah. be Because I was thinking tonight, I was thinking, you know, Oh, so Christian was not playing. I was thinking Rodion Kuric was actually gonna gonna get some playing time today, mm-hmm. and to to our surprise, he didn't. Um, I think that might change tomorrow, and we didn't see a whole lot from Mason Jones either. Someone who's played very well the last two games. He did play three minutes in a real kind of bizarre uh, like rotation. Like they only played it wasn't a huge impactful couple of minutes, but they didn't play a whole lot. Why do you think? 
um, Steven Silas neglected to play Mason Jones and KJ Martin for that matter for very long tonight. I don't know. It's an interesting decision because I feel like in a game where there's a lot of runs, you could use those guys who come off the bench and kind of change the energy, especially when they started to um, lose that lead. I feel like some new faces in there would have helped at least. So I don't want to say stop the bleeding because they were up by so much that there wasn't too much bleeding, but you know what I'm getting at. Um, Yeah. You know, we've said this a couple of times uh, this week. Silas's rotations have been just a little odd. Like, I'm still trying to figure out what he's exactly thinking, and I think he is too. Um, Obviously not having John Wall there and, you know, obviously not having Christian Wood tonight definitely hurts and and has to put him in a weird spot. But I just think, like, maybe it's just we're so used to Mike D'Antoni. And when Mike D'Antoni was the coach, he had very strict set rotations. He's like, James, you're going to play all 12 minutes of the first quarter. You're going to sit six minutes and you'll be back for six minutes. And we knew like it was, it was predictable at that point. But with this team, I'm there's like, there's no predictability. There's no rhythm. There's no continuity. There's not a whole lot of that. And I think that can really be a detriment to the Rockets when you have a bunch of guys that aren't playing in like a set role or a set rhythm. Eric Gordon has talked about it. You know, he's preferred to come off of, the bench and you know maybe this isn't necessarily Steven Silas's fault because his team has been so injured you know they've used 10 starting lineups in 14 games that's almost unheard of um but that's what they've had to do in this early part of the season and I think Silas is doing okay but there are parts to that where like I feel like Mason Jones should have at least played a little bit more tonight especially given how he's played the last couple of games and considering the fact that the team's gonna play tomorrow night and you're going to need these guys these same group of guys again tomorrow night i just i i hope mason jones plays a little bit more tomorrow because i and i think we will but to me like i don't understand really why he chose to lay back tonight maybe he said something on uh in his press conference i'm gonna look but uh yeah it's just but i'll tell you this having david nawaba come off the bench I think it was is perfect. I think putting Jay Sean Tate in the starting lineup and putting Nawaba in the bench, which he, I think, started a few games ago. What is it, Wednesday or Monday? That that has been a switch that has been a good switch. What do you think about that, Ray? Yeah, I think I think it showed tonight. Um, he was able to get twelve shots up coming off um, with coming out with the second unit. You can kind of tell when some guys are better off the bench and they they feel more comfortable. They don't really feel like they have to mix in with the starters. And he played really well off the bench. He had one of the better performances. He had, what did he have, 12? Yeah, 12.7 rebounds. So that's a really – or 13, 13 and 7 rebounds. So that's a really impactful performance, especially for a team that won such a tight game. I like the decision to bring him off the bench a lot. Yeah, so I'm looking at uh... – <laughs> I'm looking at Twitter right now, and I, f- I saw something that kind of threw me off. Um, it's a little bit off subject, but I guess we'll talk about it. Um, Clint Capella tonight, who's played really well the last two games. It's really good to see him healthy and uh, doing his thing. But Clint Capella tonight, 13 points, 19 rebounds, 10 blocks. Jeez. Yep, 10, 10 blocks, triple-double. And Eric Gordon, um, 
uh, replied to, I believe it was Tim McMahon on Twitter, and he says he's pissed. He's still pissed about the trade. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, the Rockets could have used Clint Capella tonight, let's be real. I mean, yeah. look, if we don't have – look, basically we traded – if we didn't have Clint Capella, we wouldn't have Christian Wood. So mm-hmm. it's a little difficult. But the team didn't have Christian Wood tonight. How much do you think not having Christian Wood tonight affected the Rockets? And I also kind of want to focus on Victor Oladipo because I think his game was probably the most affected by not having Christian Wood out there tonight. Yeah, I think um, for starters, I think Christian Wood would have had a big game if he played going against his former team. Mm -hmm. Um, They've been leaning on him to score a lot. He's been out there um, usually the leading scorer, then he's having big nights as a rebounder. I think – um, with Victor Oladipo, with someone who just came to the team, you have this guy who you're coming in, you're like, okay, well, he's going to do most of the scoring, and then I'll help him out with that. And then he's not there. It kind of changes things. Um, Oladipo did not have the best night. <laughs> but um, it's I think it's a work in progress with him because mm-hmm. he another guy who's coming off of a big injury like it's there's a lot of injuries in houston or maybe they're not being suffered in houston but there's a lot of players who are coming back from injury on that roster and i think we're really seeing it with some of these performances mm-hmm. you know when you put up 32 points in your debut you really set a high bar for yourself and you really can't go much higher than that and in the last two games since his debut He's, he's kind of regressed a little bit. Uh, tonight, only 13 points, uh, 4 of 16 from the field. He really struggled to – because I think, you know, we talked about how Vic didn't have that lob threat in Indiana and in Oklahoma City in Orlando that he has here in Houston um, uh-huh. with Christian Wood. And I think tonight really the problem for Vic was that he wasn't able to – bounce off at anyone and i think he does need that i think uh you know in 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 indiana when he was at his peak he had guys that he was able to play off of and he was able to make guys around him better and i think with this team he's still trying to figure it out you know we've seen where he can be at his best which is a guy that can drop 30 but I think it's silly to think that he can do that every night, especially on a team that, keep in mind, he wasn't with not even a week ago. It's been a long week. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, before, like, seven days ago, the Rockets didn't have Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot going on recently. <laughs> yeah, and the, the, the can... Rockets didn't have uh, Kevin Porter Jr., who the mm-hmm. Rockets acquired um, last night, Thursday night in a trade. So, um, obviously Kevin Porter Jr. not played tonight and there's no real timetable on his return. Um, he hasn't played with Cleveland this season. Um, they've noted personal reasons as the reason why, but, uh, Ray, you told me before the show, a a fun fact between you and Kevin Porter. So talk to us about that and, uh, yeah, let's go from there. Yeah, so we're both from Seattle. Um, he went to Rainier Beach High School at the time. I was going to Lindbergh High School. And when he was in eighth grader, I believe, and I was in 10th grade, we had – he was playing up. Like, he was that good. He was playing up on the high school level because he was, I think, 
well, he was about to head into his freshman year there, but everyone kind of knew who he was and what. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think anyone realized how good he was going to be because he shot up during his junior year. But um, I played against him, and luckily he, he wasn't what he was his senior year. He was still developing a lot. But, man, I really, really liked that move. When I seen it on my phone, I was like, that's big because his ability to score the ball along with his athleticism and his handle is just – a scary combination for a defender when going against it. I think so you, you've kept tabs on this guy. You've kept yeah. tabs on KPJ since um, high school. Yeah, since since high school. So mm-hmm. honest. So like, people are using James Harden as like a, a comparison. Is that really accurate? I think somewhat in some ways because James Harden, he has more of a slower style where he breaks you down a lot. Kevin Porter, he's really quick off the dribble. And his crossover, like you'll see it in his crossover, he snatches it back a lot quicker, and he does like to go with that step-back jumper. I don't think it's a bad comparison, though. When he was being drafted and they were saying, like, James Harden is the player comparison, I was like, I definitely can see it because um, he's working on being more of an efficient efficient shooter, but he can shoot the ball. Um, it's just he's a scary dude to watch on offense. As Once he gets playing – in a rocket jersey, I think people are going to realize, like, wow, that was a steal for a second-round pick. Even with the issues going on, I think that's going to be a really good pickup. Yeah, I love, I love the, I love this move by Rafael Stone. Another move um, that really puts the Rockets in um, no real risk, kind of like the Demarcus Cousins uh, signing, where you know if Demarcus Cousins is bad. At least you're, you know, you're only spending a couple million on it. Like you're not, you're not breaking the bank for him, and you're not losing a whole lot with him. And same thing with Kevin Porter. They traded him for a future second round pick that's top fifty five protected that the Cavs will likely never convey. So basically, the Rockets got him for free, and he's under contract this year and next. Um, and then I believe he has another team option for twenty twenty two twenty three. So you know. I think it's he's has some work to do to crack the rotation. I think um, maybe if the Rockets choose to move on from uh, one, I think this ultimately means that one of the wings that's currently on the roster won't be on the roster for very long. And whether that's Victor Oladipo yeah. and they try to flip him this season, or whether it's Daniel House who's still out, who you know is apparently going to start working out individually soon. Um, I, someone's going to go because that's a very crowded uh, wing group. And I think when you are a team that's rebuilding, because I think it's safe to say the Rockets are rebuilding, Definitely. and you have, you know, you don't have control of every draft pick because you've, uh, you know, spent it elsewhere. Kevin Porter, in a way, it's kind of like a draft pick for you. Yeah, I think he's only 20, I believe. He's 20 years old. He's only played 50 games in the NBA all last season uh, as a rookie. So this is his second year, really. And, you know, whether it's it's still to be determined when he's going to play for the team, I'd still imagine that it's it's going to be a couple of weeks, probably more likely a couple of months. I think it's going to be until after the trade deadline once one of the Rockets' current wings are sent away. I think what's going to happen is the Rockets are going to trade for either another center um, 
with one of those wings or PJ Tucker or whoever, and that will ultimately open up some minutes for um, that'll open up some minutes for a guy like um, like Kevin Porter. And I'm excited, man. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, because at this point, look, the Rockets are still in this limbo where we still don't know if this team is is going to compete for any kind of postseason uh, glory. Mm-hmm. And you know, this question—I I saw this question on, uh, on that was asked to us after the game. Uh, I want to pull it up so that I get the full name and all that right. Um, but this question. This question comes from uh, evolu- uh, at number one duck fan. No E, just number one duck fan. Uh, he asks, how long until the Rockets are contenders for the eighth seed? Is it one year, two years, five years? Or, you know, is it you know a couple months? Um, Ray, do you think that this team should be fighting for a top 10, a play-in spot possibly? Or is this team a bottom five? We're going to the lottery this year. I think I think they could squeeze into at least a play-in spot. I don't think they should give up on that and just accept tanking because at the end of the day, there's still talent and there's guys who are gonna work to prove people wrong about um, just James Hart. Well, mainly James Harden wrong about not being good enough to compete. Now, obviously, not competing for a championship, but um, definitely a team that can make the playoffs. I think they will. I think a big part of that is since we were just talking about Kevin Porter is when they get him back and when they can kind of get their full team up and going, because that's going to be huge. I think Kevin Porter, I wouldn't be surprised if he's able to return in a couple of weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if he's starting by the end of the season, just because of the way that he can score the ball. Especially. Yeah. If they can get him to start, I think that's, a lofty idea, but I think that kind of speaks to, at least you're saying that because it speaks to his potential and how, how real he can be. If, you know, his off the court stuff, you know, gets straightened down. And if his conditioning can come back up, because if you think about it also, Kevin Porter hasn't played in an NBA game since March. Yeah. It's been almost a year now. Uh huh. So it could be a little while before we see him, but you know, if the Rockets do go towards tanking, and Oladipo is not part of the, especially if Oladipo is not part of the team. Cause I think at this point, Wall and Oladipo are kind of slotted into that, you know, backcourt. And then you have Eric Gordon, who's going to come off the bench and be your sixth man. At this point, I like Jay Sean Tate in the starting lineup and I keep him there as long as you can. Um, mm-hmm. And whether or not PJ Tucker is there is another question. Um, but then, so I mean, maybe they could roll. So, like, if PJ is traded, maybe you roll with a lineup of uh, like Wall, Porter, Oladipo, Jay Sean Tate. I think it's just, I think it depends on what they do with Oladipo. Yeah. If they keep him around, I don't think you can start him and Kevin Porter because that's a lot going on in one lineup. But if they move on from there, then that's a spot open. And I don't think Daniel House is gonna i don't think they're gonna look at both of those guys play and say yeah daniel house gives us more for the starting unit than Mm -hmm. kevin porter will but it'll it'll be interesting let's look forward to tonight we have the mavericks up on deck it's the first back-to-back of the season the mavericks also are on the second half of a back-to-back themselves uh they squeaked out a win tonight against the spurs so what what should we expect against Luca and the Mavericks part two in this season series with the Mavs? 
I think this one could be a tough one, mainly due to health. Um, mm-hmm. They don't have Christian Wood. They don't have John Wall. And you'd love to have John Wall guarding Luka. But with this team, I don't necessarily know who you're going to put on him because that guy is really good. <laughs> He's really talented. Yeah. And I think it could be a tough one, but the Rockets show tonight that they're going to fight, even though the Pistons aren't as good as um, the Mavericks. When they faced adversity, when the Pistons came all the way back, they showed that, all right, we're like, everything's okay. We're going to get over this and we're going to finish. It'll be interesting. I'm not expecting a win, but I wouldn't be surprised if they pull one out. But yeah. they need a big one from Oladipo. Yeah, especially Vic needs a big game tomorrow. I think he'll probably draw at least some of the assignment on, on Luca. Mm-hmm. I would assume maybe Jay Sean Tate gets to look at him as well, but yeah. stopping Luca is your key to winning this game. Cause look, when Luca played against the Rockets uh, two weeks ago or something like that, it was, it was, un, it was impossible to stop him. Like yeah. they had no answer for him. And same with uh, Tim Hardaway. They, they let Tim Hardaway score 30 off the bench. Remember that? Yeah. So just finding a way to stop uh, Luca stop Tim Hardaway, and I think you got a shot. Um, but that's that's one tall task, especially considering uh, no wood and no wall for the second game in the row. Who knows? Maybe no boogie. Um, it's it's going to be a tough one. Um, but hopefully, you know, maybe a surprise is on deck for us tomorrow night. Um, and I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship for now. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Dream Take. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Dream Take. And you can also follow the Dream Shake on Twitter at DreamShakeSBN. Give us a like on Facebook if you're over there. And be sure to head to our website, thedreamshake.com, for all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. You can follow my co-pilot tonight, Mr. Ray Lucas, on Twitter at... At Raymond Lucas Jr. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Until next time, go Rockets! Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.